Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode <clears throat> of Intentional Grounding Podcast here on the Buffalo Net Buffalo Rumblings Network. Excuse me. Excuse me. It's Monday, y'all. Coming fresh off a weekend, man. It's another Monday up in here. And uh, we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about some stuff today. We're gonna talk about this wide receiver room. Uh, who's in it? You know who who's who's coming, who's going. What does Chad Hall have to do? Have to say with all this? And Ken Dorsey as the offensive coordinator. We're gonna talk about all of that today. We're gonna talk about it all. So, uh, you know, I didn't because my show was on Monday nights. I didn't get a chance to talk to you about the schedule. Like I'm super pumped about the schedule. Like the fact that you know a lot of us thought that the Bills would not be playing the Rams in Week One. Well, turns out you know you got two prime time games back to back. Now, I do have an issue with the NFL in terms of, like, why do the Bills always get – it seems like we <clears> – seems <throat> like we always get away games for prime time. Now, we have one home game against the Titans week two. That's that's prime time game. But for the most part, man, it's like we, they're always trying to, to put us on the road somewhere. Now, you know, I'm not, I'm not a fan, like – you know, Buffalo is one of the best places to, to to tailgate, to watch a game. We got the best quarterback in the league. Come on, NFL, man. Give us like two or three of them things, man. I would love to see two or three home games that are prime time, but that's just that's just the nature of the beast. But uh, you know, it's good to it's good to to see all of your faces wherever you are tonight, whether you're in the car or if it's it's Tuesday morning where you're listening to this. You know, wherever you are, man, uh, thank you for listening. And welcome to the Bum- Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. You know, you can find, uh, you know, we, we have stuff going on all week long here. You know, we got guys like Jay Spence, the king, right? Always killing it. Bruce the Goat Nolan. Hey, Bruce, that's my guy. We got Joe Miller. All those dudes, man. All those dudes, man. I'm just, I'm just a low man on the totem pole here, guys. You know, just, uh, you know, just chilling with y'all. 
But before we get into the the, the nitty gritty and the meat of our show tonight, I do have to say, I do have to bring this up of what happened, the tragedy that happened this past weekend. And and I just want to say real quick that hate is never the answer. It's never the answer, man. And, and when you, you know, I live in a space where my family, my, my grandfather was a civil rights activist. He's passed away. He's gone. But uh, my family, personally, we've been fighting the fight my whole life. You know, this is not, for us, it's not one of those fads or one of those things that, oh, you know, it's cool to be woke and all this stuff. Like, man, yo, learn your history. Learn your history. You know, history continues to repeat itself when it comes to racism. And, uh, you know, not just me, but for all of you guys out there, you know, it's all love, man. It's all love. You know, stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Speak out when you see hatred, you know. Uh, it's unfortunate what happened uh, to the families that were involved. Those that are lost, those, man, my heart and prayer go out to you guys from, from myself. And I can say this on behalf of Buffalo Rumblings, man, we, we're, we're here for you. And, and, and whatever we can do, whatever I can do, uh, if any of you guys are listening to the show, man, I, I, I mean, I know there's not many words to say, but I just want to make sure you guys know that Bill's Mafia is with you all. And uh, for those in the community, you know, just continue to love and appreciate one another, despite what uh, a difference may look like. So that's all I'm going to say to that. Uh, but let's get into the show, shall we? Let's get into this thing, man. Uh, <laughs> Bruce says the wide receiver room will consist of multiple players whose primary function is catching the ball and running routes. You know, Bruce never misses, man. He's right. It's it's all about uh, running routes and catching balls at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, it's so awesome that with the Buffalo Bills, we, we got a we got a damn good room in here, man. But before we talk about the wide receivers, let's let's do this. Let's talk about the coaching staff. Let's talk about Ken Dorsey, right? Ken, Do- we know we know the story, of Ken Dorsey. You know, he played at the University of Miami, the U and in its glory days, man. Quarterback, I mean, it it. His starting record was immaculate as a quarterback. I mean, he did some great things, you know, so you know he has the pedigree. You know he has that relationship with Josh Allen. Josh Allen vouched for him, wanting him to be the offensive coordinator. Um, But I have to say this. You know, a lot of us, we think that that this this offense is going to be different. And I, and I don't know. Maybe it can be. Maybe it will be different. I'm not expecting it to be different. I'll tell you why. I think we're going to see a lot of the same principles that Brian Dable laid a foundation for. These are the very, the very staples that Josh Allen has cut his teeth on and become one of the best players in the league, regardless of position. I think if it's not, you know, the old adage, if it ain't broke, baby, don't fix it. And so I, I think the foundational pillars of what makes this offense great, you know, what, what makes this offense so efficient. I think we're going to see a lot of that. I think we're going to see a lot of the same things. Now, we did hear Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talk about, you know, they, they went out and they got OJ Howard. And so we may see some more 12 personnel, uh, but that's, that's not going to be our, 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 you know, our base offense. You know, we're not, it's not going to be a 12 personnel, but I do think Sean McDermott does want to run the ball more than what they ran the ball last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how, how, what, what the, what the focus and the mindset is, um, for Ken Dorsey, 
You know, he, he hasn't called plays, but I think that's kind of overrated. You know, I think when you've been around the game that long, especially as a quarterback, you know the, the flow of an offense. You should understand the flow of an offense, and you've been around in the coaching tree uh, for, for, for quite some time. So you should have a firm grasp and understanding of how you want to approach, you know, how you want to approach a game, right? You know, you got Joe Brady. I mean, they got guys, you know, so so coming up with a game plan and executing it, uh, I don't I don't think he's going to have a problem there. I don't think he's going to have a problem there. Um, but but I think one of the cool things that we should expect, I think he's going to bring a couple more wrinkles to the offense. And that's always new. That's always awesome because it's a fresh new idea and you got some different pieces. Okay, the Bills got some different pieces. Uh, you know, guys like Jamison Crowder, Khalil Shakur, just you know, uh, just to name a couple. We're not going to mention OJ Howard or Dawson Knox just because they're not wide receivers; they're tight ends. You know, and I know I see you guys talking about Jared Cook in the chat. You know, Jared Cook is my—I mean, uh, James Cook. I know a guy named Jared Cook. Okay, and, and, and it's—I I get him when you're almost forty, man. You, you get you get old, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'll forget my keys. I, I like put my keys down. Two seconds later, I'm like, where are my keys? I say, say, son, where are my keys at? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm 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 like, he's like, Dad, they're they're right there. I'm like, dude, man. I'm just telling you, man, when you when you get older, you start you start messing up names. So James Cook, correct me again. You know, you stay on me. Correct me if I if I say Jared, you know, Jared's my homie. All right, but but James Cook, running back, University of Georgia. I've watched a lot of his tape. I know who he is, but he's a running back, right? So I, I think Dorsey, I think Dorsey's going to bring uh, uh, some, some new wrinkles. I don't know what they're going to be. Now, I do know 12 personnel is part of that, right? Based off of the, the recent uh, signing of OJ Howard. Now, you got OJ Howard, right? But let's talk about Khalil Shakur. Um, you know, and Jamison Crowder just in the, you know, I'm going to hit on this just a little bit, but those guys are yards after catch guys, you know, they're both slot receivers. Uh, Cleo Shakir is not a boundary receiver. He's a slot guy. He's a, he's, he's a pure slot guy. Okay. Um, and so we saw the bills have a need for guys that can run after catch. So Statistically, Josh Allen is not – he doesn't shine in, in the short passing game like he does in the intermediate and, and you know, long passing game. His numbers aren't as great uh, in the short game. And I think when you get guys like Khalil Shakur and you get guys like James Crowder, they're going to really help – and James Cook, they're really going to help those numbers and the efficiency of the offense get better just by, you know, getting the screen game going. I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the Bills that we talked about last week, the Bills getting better at the offensive line. It's going to open all that stuff up. So we're, you know, we're going to see the Bills kind of improve there. So, so Ken Dorsey, uh, I think he, I think he's, I, I like the idea of him. I, I think it's going to be a great move. Uh, and I can't wait to see the wrinkles, you know, uh, that, that, they, that he kind of throws in there. So, my my next guy I wanted to brush on before we start getting to the players is, is Chad Hall. You know, Chad Hall is a guy that played uh, uh, football at the University of Air Force. That's like right down the street from me, uh, about an hour away. Okay, so y'all know I'm in Denver. 
and uh, Colorado Springs. There's the Air Force Academy. This is where he played. And and you have to go back to, uh, I mean, one of the cool things about this the roster and team construction is how, you know, Brandon being a Sean McDermott, they stick to their core. What I mean by that, they they get like when they drafted Kyrie Elam, they 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 drafted him because he's a student of the game. This is a guy who came in the, in the you know in the interview with a notebook showing all of his notes. Like he he has football character on and off the field. Chad Hall is no different. Okay, um, he's an energy guy. He he likes to. I love guys that set the tone, whether that's in an organization or on a team or whatever. I love people who 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 kind of take you know, ownership of setting the tone, right? Chad Hall is one of those guys, man. And if you go back to uh, a couple of years ago, uh, when when Chad Hall, you know, came on and he, you know, when they got Stefan Diggs, you know, that season, I mean, he helped kind of change the, the game in terms of how these Bills wide receivers are viewed and and how they approach the game. This is a, Chad Hall's a former wide receiver, right? So again, Time on task. He's been in the trenches. He he understands the nuances of the position. I think that's important. You know, we've seen the Bills in, in years past get guys on the coaching staff that have ne- like that have never played uh, that position and trying to coach it. Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm gonna throw no names out there. Okay, but but the DNA of this team is, is so is so focused and is so. They they just stick to what their core foundational beliefs are, and and I, and I love it. So Chad Hall is one of those guys. So I go back to an article that that Marcel Louis Jacques wrote a couple years ago about uh, Chad Hall, um, and this is what Stefan Diggs had to say about Chad Hall, and I and I freaking love it. And and he said he goes he goes I give almost a hundred percent credit to Chad Hall. Diggs said he says he puts a lot of extra time in. He said, I told him recently, he's probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach I've ever had, as far as mentally preparing me and mentally getting me ready for the game. Now, that is coming from one of the top wide receivers in the game, in Stefan Diggs. Think about that. Again, Stefan Diggs says he puts a lot of extra time in. We talk about that football DNA from, from McDermott. And Brandon Bean, the stuff that they love, right? Those foundational truths of this organization. Stefan Diggs says he's probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach I've ever had as far as mentally preparing me and mentally getting me ready for the game. Now, how many times have, have you guys heard that football is, is such a, you know, it's a mental sport. Like you're from an athletic standpoint, you're, you're competing with the best athletes, right? But there is a mental part of the game that that has to be not uh, just as important if not more it's it's the mental aspect tom brady is a big proponent of this of that mental grind and the mental aspect that player psychology this is the guy that embodies those things and you got your one of your, the best one of the best players at the position saying this that's not i mean that's 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 high praise that's glowing that stuff's important man so this is our wide receivers coach, and he's done a fantastic job uh, for, for the short time he's been here, and, and you got to love it, man. So he his time with Sean McDermott goes back to 2010, right? So, he, you know, Sean McDermott's known this dude for, for quite some time, and uh, you, you just love to see the maturation and the growth 
you know, from, from, the, from the coaches on this, on the staff, man, it's just, it's fantastic. So uh, let's, let's talk about these players. All right. Let's, let's, let's talk about who we have in the room. All right. So let's talk about who left. Let's talk about who left. All right. So Emmanuel Sanders, he's gone. Cole Beasley is gone. Okay. So we know Emmanuel Sanders, he had 72 targets last year, 42 receptions. He had 626 yards. He battled injuries, right? He averaged 8.5 yards per catch. Doesn't really offer you much in terms of runs after catch late this late in his career. And he's probably going to retire. Okay. But he gave you four touchdowns. Cole Beasley is another guy. This man had 112 targets on 82 receptions, and he had about 700 yards. Sorry, Emmanuel Sanders had about almost 15 yards per reception. Cole Beasley had eight and a half yards per reception. Okay, so so Cole Beasley's eating up that that short to intermediate area. He had one touchdown. Okay, so in terms of plays that are 20 yards down the field, Cole Beasley had five. Emmanuel Sanders had 10. Okay. Um, Cole Beasley had 34 catches for first downs. Emmanuel Sanders had 31. So you kind of see some similarities there. Now, both of these guys are excellent route runners. So I think we're, I mean, to say, you know, that we're just going to replace those guys. I think that's, uh, I, you know, I, I can't sit here and say that definitively. I do like what James Crowder brings to the table. Clear Shakur is a rookie. So what does that mean for, you know, Josh Allen, these receivers, is he going to have to rely on Stephon Diggs more? I think that's something that we're going to have to take a look at. Who's in? We know I, I mentioned Khalil Shakir. I mentioned Stephon. I mean, I mentioned um, who, who did I just mention? All right. See, I told you I'm getting old here. Manuel Sanders. Yes, Manuel Sanders, Cole Beasley gone. Stephon Diggs is here. Gabriel Davis is here. Isaiah McKenzie's here, right? So Jamison Crowder, Khalil Shakur, Stevenson, Hodgins, Kumaro. I mean, these are guys that that make up the wide receiver room for the Buffalo Bills. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to have a major impact, but let's talk about let's talk about a couple of them, shall we? Here's a good question. Steve Lynn says, who's taking the top off the defense? Man, that's I, – I don't think the Bills have a guy that's just going to take the top off of defense. They, they, they're they still missing that guy. And, and I don't think they're going to get him. They're not going to get him this year. I, I think they like who they have. You don't always have to be a burner to take the top off of defense. You know, I, I think how you run your routes – your release package getting off the line and getting into your route. I think a lot of that matters, but having that breakaway speed, it definitely helps your cause. Now we know Stefan Diggs can get deep. Gabriel Davis can get deep, but are they Tyreek Hill style deep? No, no, there's only a few that are right. So we still, I think we we're still missing a guy that can completely take the top off of defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's fair to say that the Bills need a little bit more speed uh, in the wide receiver room. And I think, you know, be have patience. I think, you know, Javis Crowder is probably on a one-year deal. 
And so I think the hope is that Khalil Shakur can 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 step into that. Isaiah McKenzie, I mean, he's a smaller guy. I don't think he. I think he's got adequate to good. He's as he has good speed, but he's not a guy that's going to take the top off of defense. And I think I'm Isaiah McKenzie's four 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 five speed. And that's not, I'm not saying that's slow, but uh, I think he he's more he's more quick and shifty than he is just down the field. I'm burning you right. You would hope for guys like Marquez Stevenson to, to be a guy that can take the top off of defense. But in terms of route running ability, I just don't think that that he's there yet. I don't I don't think that he's there yet. Uh, but let's talk about Stefan Diggs, shall we? So Stefan Diggs last season. OK, Stefan Diggs last season. OK, 103 receptions, 164 targets for 1200 yards. 10 touchdowns. All right. Stefan Diggs is one of the top five receivers in the game. Now, wherever, wherever you place him, that's totally up to you. You know, there's some really good receivers, but he is not, you know, there's no way that, that someone can convince me that Stefan Diggs is uh, not in the top five. I, I don't care what you say. We got a super chat here from JR. He says this offense does provide lots of mismatches. You're absolutely right. I think for what they do uh from schematically in the wide receiver room and how these guys, you know, uh there's a theme here, right? And the theme is that these guys, they're route runners. Like the Bills still, even though Dable is gone, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, those core foundational beliefs. I think when you terms of, uh, you know, the offense and the players they like as a wide receiver, they want guys that can run routes. They want guys that can separate, you know. So just because you, you don't you don't have four, three speed doesn't mean you can't separate. OK, but I think how you set up stack DBs, how you what's your release package? Like those are the things that are important that that, that, that kind of get you going. Right. We've we seen that that's what helps Josh Allen. He's a. Uh, Josh Allen is definitely the Ferrari, man. Stefan Diggs is definitely one of them guys, right? So Stefan Diggs, so now that 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 you know we we talked so let's compound this a little. We talked about the guy, the Bills trying to maybe going into some little bit more 12 personnel. I think they want to run the ball a little bit more this year. Okay? I I think that's part of uh it, it's my opinion and that's part of the frustration that 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 we saw in the middle of the season with Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. I think Sean McDermott wants to control the clock. I think he's conservative. So he wants to control the clock. He wants to run the ball. And we, the bills weren't able to do that effectively from, from an offensive line standpoint, you know, playing musical chairs when folks got injured and they didn't have the, the horses in the backfield. Uh, Zach Moss has continued to disappoint for his draft status and his play in the, in the league thus far. We went out and got Matt Breida did not work. Devin Singletary needs touches to kind of get in rhythm. I think most running backs do, right? So we saw a dip in production from him uh, in the beginning to the middle of the season, but he kind of got things going late when Rick Bates got in there and so forth. So I think we're going to see the Bills run the ball a little bit more. So I I think, you know, Josh Allen's passing attempts, I think it's going to go down some. You know, I'd probably say – Maybe 30, 40 attempts is probably going to go down this year. That's just my prediction, right? So, will but will he target Stefan Diggs more? Now, two seasons ago, you know, when Stefan Diggs was was leading the league in receptions, he was leading the league in targets, uh, leading the league in yards, 
what happened? My man got injured, right? He was injured toward the end of the year. He wasn't, he wasn't at his best in the playoffs. Now, that did propel them to AFC Championship game, but you need Stephon Diggs to be healthy. So, you know, we saw in the beginning of the season, the offense was kind of slow, and, and, and they were, you know, I don't feel like they were incorporating Diggs into the game plan as much as they should have or, or, or going to him as much as they should. But that I think that was by design, and it was frustrating to see that. It was as, as a fan, as, as as a film watcher, you know, you're frustrated because you want Diggs to get more more care, uh, more receptions and more targets, more looks. So I, I think it, it's my prediction, it's my estimation that Stefan Diggs, you know, like I said, you know, I gave you what his stats were last year. I, I think he's going to have a little bit more targets this year. Now, how they do that, I don't know. But you got to keep also keep in mind, Stefan Diggs is a guy that doesn't take a lot of hits, right? He's very smart about how he prepares for the game and his body and so forth. So he doesn't take a lot of hits. But I think you're going to see a difference. Last year, you know, Isaiah McKenzie had one of the, the, the highest uh, catch rates on third down on this team, right? And, and I think that needs to be something that a lot of these receivers benefit from, right? So I think you're going to see a lot, you know, I think I think we should expect to see more Stefan Diggs on third down, all right? So Stefan Diggs is a guy that had 12 plays of 20 or plus yards down the field, all right? So he averaged, he almost averages in terms of yards per game, almost double of what the next, you know, Diggs was at 72 yards a game. Beasley was at 43. That's almost double the production of the other wide receivers. And I think that's, I think that's a very healthy um, statistical output for a wide receiver. Okay. So expect big things from Stefan Diggs this year, especially if you're going in, in, in 12 personnel some more, right? I think, you know, you're isolating Diggs and Gabriel Davis on the out on the boundaries and you're going to have, you know, Knox and uh, OJ Howard, you know, up the seam or however they choose to uh, employ that attack of defense. But I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a, a bigger year than he had last year. I think he's going to have he's going to be more prominent in this offense moving forward. Um, let's talk about our next guy. Let's talk about Gabriel Davis. Now, this is polarizing to me. All right. Because. How comfortable are you guys with Gabriel Davis being the number two receiver in this offense? How comfortable are you? Are you sold? Now, let's 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 be honest here. Let's let's be let's take off the goggles. Let's talk about it. Let's be honest here. If you take Stefan Diggs out of the game. Gabriel Davis is not catching four touchdown passes in Kansas City. I'm, 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 I'm telling you right now. Gabriel Davis does benefit from having guys like Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Manuel Sanders last year. Okay, Dawson Knox. He benefits. Not saying that's a bad thing, right? But to insert him into the number two wide receiver role, I think it's fair to have questions about it. Now, what can I say about Gabriel Davis and his production? Or what he's shown now, he really didn't do anything in, in the early to middle of the season. He came on late. And I think one of the reasons, one of the reasons was because I feel like 
his route running had to improve. I mean, we knew you, you, the way you watch him on film, you know he knows the playbook, right? That was an issue, but it's his route running, getting in and out of breaks, his release package. He needed. I felt like he needed to add some some tools to his bag in terms of getting off the line, right? You know, because when, when guys get their hands on you, you have to be able to beat. You have to be able to beat that hand fighting, man, and get into your route and stack that DB, get down the field, and separate. And he got better. Now, I will say this. He's one of the better uh, blocking uh, wide receivers in the game. He's up there, man. He, he he showed a lot in that area. Okay, Kind of reminds me of Robert Woods in terms of how he – Robert Woods is one of the best in terms of uh, run blocking for a wide receiver. But Gabriel Davis, man, he showed a lot last year. So I got to give him that. But we're talking about – receiving and catching the ball so so he came on late and from the the moves that the bills made this offseason by not drafting one of those top guys in the first round at wide receiver um it, it kind of shows you what they really do think about gabriel davis in the state of this wide receiver room right now what we're talking about gabriel davis is the number two receiver he's number two and, uh, he, I, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, Pete, it's not like he's one of those names that's that's not a household name. People know who Gabriel Davis is now. They know. And he's going to have to bring it. My man's going to have to bring it. Okay? Now, you you know, you see, uh, go, go watch the film. You know, you see him, you saw him get better throughout the year when it turns to route running. And, and like I said, one of those core foundational beliefs that this wide receiver room has to have, they want guys who can run routes that they can put you in any X, Y, Z. They can put you in any of those positions and you can su- succeed. They want guys that can run routes. So he's gotten better as a route runner. Now you want to talk about what, what was his production last year? What, what can we glean from, from Gabriel Davis last year. You know, he started 16 games. All right. This man had 35 receptions on 63 targets. Just 63. 549 yards. 15.7 yards per reception and six touchdowns. That's not bad. I mean, in limited production. It may sound like I'm being hard on Gabriel Davis, but no, that's actually pretty damn good. His catch rate is really good, all right? Gabriel Davis at the catch point did pretty good. So I think, you know, it's fair to say, who, who did the Bills have as their number two wide receiver last year? Emmanuel Sanders, right? And he was he was often injured. I mean, for the first six games, he was great. But the man, he got injured, and he just tailed off. He was like, dude, hey, he... <laughs> where is it so if we were to predict a stat line for gabriel davis i'm i'm gonna say I, i'm gonna say he gets 75 receptions on you know 90 or 105 targets right i, I think he's gonna get close to 900 yards and i think he'll get eight touchdowns i think that's a fair uh i think that's fair for him I think that's fair for him as a number two wide receiver coming off, you know, uh, that big game against Kansas City. You hear Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean rave about him this offseason. 
You heard Emmanuel Sanders on Good Morning Football rave about uh, Gabriel Davis being a Pro Bowl type receiver. You know, you, you know, Emmanuel Sanders is is one of those guys that is going to give it to you straight. So he he sings that man. He sings his praises. But again, it's okay to be a little uncomfortable about Gabriel Davis at, at number two wide receiver. Let's let's just hope that that we're right and his production, um, you know, is where we think it can be or where we think it should be. You know, and it's okay to be disappointed that the Bills did not draft a wide receiver high in the draft. But again, you know, we y'all saw the mock draft. It was like, oh yeah, at 25, the Bills can take Chris Olave. And there it was, there was nobody. Like the best wide receiver on the board, in my opinion, when the Bills picked the 23 was Christian Watson. And, and I'm not saying that's like, you know, but Christian Watson's a dude. I would have loved the Bills to take him. I would have been okay if they took him. But all I'm saying is the Bills, they they believed in Gabriel Davis. And so he's he's number two wide receiver, whether we, you like it or not. I think he can uh I think he, he's gonna be able to produce and, and give us what we need at the position. So now we went to number two. Let's go to number three. All right, so Cole, like I said, Cole Beasley's out of the picture now. And it's time you you got to put some respect on Cole Beasley's name. Put some respect on that man's name. He he did a hell of a job uh, while he was here with the Bills, and and he helped Josh Allen grow and mature as a quarterback that he is today. All right, Cole Beasley was that dude, man. He 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 did really a really good job. So who's taking over for him? Well, it's Jamison Crowder, Khalil Shakur. All right. So I do think Jamison Crowder is going to be that guy. I'm not going to bring up Jamison Crowder's stats last year because they're irrelevant to us because he played with the Jets and he played with Zach Wilson, who's not at this at this point in time is not a very good quarterback, and the and the structure of that offense just did not work. Okay, so I I, I do think you know what does what does Jamison Crowder bring to the table? I think he brings you some yards after catch. He's a yak guy. This is the guy that you saw him torch the Bills. You give him a slant and he can make a couple guys miss and he's gone. Like he's, he's not one of those guys. He's not a burner. Okay. But his play speed, his play speed is really good. And I think he's a guy that you got to get him the ball in space, short passes, man, comebacks in, in breaking routes, get him some of those, some of those where he can make a guy miss and take it to the house. I think you're going to see a lot of that from him. Now he's, I don't think, I don't expect him to have the production that Cole Beasley had, but also we got to keep in mind that James Crowder, and to my knowledge, hasn't played a full 17 or full 16 game schedule since he's been in the league. So he's always battled injuries, always battled injuries that you're, you know, your best ability is your what availability. I'm not saying he's going to be injured with the bills, but that's what he's shown thus far that he's going to miss a few games here and there. So I think that's maybe one of the reasons why the bills went out and they got killer secure. So, I expect Jamison Crowder to have around 60 receptions this year. I think that's a fair, that's a that's that's a very fair number. Now, if he ex, if he exceeds that, great. Uh, you know, 60 receptions for 700 yards, seven to eight hundred yards. I expect him to have, you know, uh four to six touchdowns. I, I like what he's able to do, his short area quickness. I like what he's able to do in terms of his route running. He's a really good route runner. Like I think Cole Beasley's here, but but Jameson Crowder's right here. He's not far from him. 
He's a really good route runner. So, again, I don't think he's going to – it depends on what the chemistry looks like between him and Josh Allen, what that looks like in training camp moving forward. We're going to see. But but the Bills are counting on Jamison Crowder to, to have a big role in this offense. You know, I still think the Bills, even though, like we talked about earlier in the show, the Bills are going to be doing some more 12 personnel. I still think the very essence of this offense, they're going to be spreading the ball out. I, I think because that's what Josh Allen does. That's what, you know, when you got weapons like that, you can't just, you know, be talking about some eye formation and just having, you know, two wide receivers and a tight end and a full. No, nah, that's not what the Bills do. And that's, you know, the NFL in the early 90s, man. We, they, they ain't doing that. All right. They ain't doing that. So, but they bring guys in, James Crowd on a one-year deal. Let's see what he can do. But I think that's his production. If we're looking for solid numbers, solid production from him, uh, that's what we're looking at. Uh, before we continue on the show, make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe to the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Like, follow, subscribe to my Twitter at Furrow Sterling. And make sure you like this video. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, if you're enjoying what you're seeing today, whether uh, you are listening to us, uh, you know, where you get your podcast, you know, write me a review. I would love to hear from you guys things that you like, uh, you want to see in the show moving forward. You know, let me know. I, I, you know, I want to feel the love, man. So, so, so if you like what you're hearing, man, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. And uh, at Furrow Sterling on Twitter. So let's continue on here. So we talked about Jameson Crowder. So let's move on. Let's let's go to the rookie now, Khalil Shakur. Now, Khalil Shakur, we know he he's a he's a, a Boise State guy, and a lot of people are asking or are having questions about why he you know fifth round. Why you know the Bills? The, uh, Sean McDermott said if he if he had a fourth round pick that he traded away to go up to get Kyrie Elam. He would have taken Khalil Shakur in the fourth round, but he took a gamble because the Bills needed a quarterback. They got Kyrie Elam, and guess what? Khalil Shakur is there in the fifth round. You know, this is a guy, his measurables aren't aren't great. You know, and that's probably one of the reasons why he fell. I don't think he has pure breakaway speed, although he does run a 4-4. That's not slow, but that's not, that's not uh, you know, 4-3 speed. I mean, there's a difference there, Okay. So he's not slow, but I think, you know, one of the things that he brings to the table, this guy has a military background, his parents do. So, you know, he he studies and prepares the right way. He's disciplined, right? This is a football guy through and through. He's got football character on and off the field. He's one of those guys. We talked about the Bills DNA and what they like, man. You cannot make this stuff up. You know, there is the re- there is a reason why Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, Brandon Bean particularly, has been successful at being a GM because he sticks to the plan. He sticks to the plan. And so Khalil Shakur, there was two receivers in this draft that I thought, okay, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are going to like this guy. Jalen Tolbert, okay, and then Khalil Shakur was the other one. I felt like if they had to draft a wide receiver mid to late, those are two guys that I felt like they they would be targeted. And lo and behold, we got Khalil Shakur. So I, I liked his game. You know, he does suffer from drops. You know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago on intentional grounding here. He does suffer from drops, but I really, but that doesn't mean he has bad hands. I just think it's a concentration thing, right? But guess what? He's coming into a situation where he's got the best quarterback in the league in Josh Allen. That's only going to help him. So he's going to, I think he's going to play that Gabriel Davis role. That's what he's going to do. He's going to play that Gabriel Davis role. So Gabriel Davis has elevated and graduated, you know, but he's going to split those reps. 
with Jameson Crowder, he's, he could do the Isaiah McKenzie stuff as well that we're going to talk about here in a minute. You know, I don't think he's quite the, he's not a Debo Samuel type of guy, but he is a guy that, that can do the Debo Samuel things. All right. He can run the ball from the backfield and, and, and get those jet sweeps and, and, and that misdirection stuff. He's done, he did that at Boise state. How, how the bills use him uh, here. I don't know, but he's a guy that he's a rat guy as well. So I, I think that's, I think that's great. You know, some of you guys saying that, yeah, could, <laughs> yo it's just like if you it's like you know what's cool about our front office like as fans and, and people watch film etc you know we all see, we kind of see some of the same things and, and when you have gripes and complaints about you know what you want to see these the, the the team do it's like man it's like they hear us right I mean, these guys get paid to do it and so forth, and they get paid millions of dollars to, to evaluate this stuff. But it's, I mean, I would say, and Bill's Mafia, you got to tap yourself on the shoulder here. Bill's Mafia is probably one of the most in-tune fan bases with their team in terms of personnel, what their team needs are, than any NFL franchise in the league. And and I've, I've just because of the work I do at Scouting Academy and so forth, I, I'm telling you, dude, the Bills Mafia is sharp, man. Y'all sharp. Y'all y'all keep us on our toes, man. And uh, you, you got to pat yourself on the shoulder for that. So, you know, Khalil Shakur is one of those guys, you know, they're, they're he's a rat guy. So they're like, you know what? Yeah, we need to get better yards after catch. So we're going to go get Jamison Crowder and Khalil Shakur. Boom. Now, Khalil Shakur is going to be your, your punt returner as well. That's awesome. He returned punts at Boise State. He's a guy that can he can see openings and angles very well. Uh, I think he's going to flourish as a punt returner. He's a guy you know he has clean hands. You know he's not going to he I, he doesn't he didn't muff you know kicks right. So so we don't have to worry about Micah Hyde back there returning punts. Thank God we don't have to worry about Mike. Micah Hyde was fantastic. Okay, right. But but I don't want to see him back there having to do that. Like like we should be able. We should be able to handle that, man. We should have been able to handle that. Isaiah McKenzie, man, you had you got to do better on that, all right. But but he's gonna offer you some some juice in the in the return game, so that's you ain't got to worry about that. Now, <clears throat> what is he gonna produce this season? What's a fair? What's what's fair? So we talked about. I think you look no further than what Gabriel Davis produced for you last season, right? I think you're going to see see him get somewhere around between 30 to 40 catches, right? Around 60 to 70 targets and about, you know, 400 yards and about three or four touchdowns is what I expect for Shaquille Leo Shakur. Now, if he exceeds that, then hell, great. Like, that's what I'm here for. But I, I try to come at these things with a level mind, with being level-headed and, and understand that he's a rookie, Right. So I don't have super high expectations, but I think that's a good start for a rookie in this offense. My next guy. All right. My next guy. Uh, here's, a, here's a question. Now, so if you guys have questions for me, man, make sure you super chat them because I see them that way. But I see there's a lot of questions in the chat. I won't be able to get to them, man. You got you to gotta hit me with the super chat uh, because, you know, now that you know, I'm solo here, man. So I, you know, I'm 
it's it's hard to go over there and look and then you know be talking and keep it on staying on track. So <laughs> let's talk about Isaiah McKenzie now. Isaiah McKenzie's one of those guys that you love what he what he what he did uh against the Patriots. I mean, he really stepped up and he he helped, hey, he helped kick some ass. He put the nail in the coffin on the Patriots, man. You know, when we saw him the year before that, kind of get that nuanced gadget player type of role. Now, there was a question whether or not my question tonight is, did Gabriel, I mean, not Gabriel, but did Isaiah McKenzie graduate in his role? Or is it going to be the same role that he had? Now, he, he signed a contract this offseason. You know, it's very, the Bills can move off from it if they wanted to. So let's say Khalil Shakir comes in and he's like, yo, this dude's legit good. I could see Isaiah McKenzie being, being released. That's not... Listen, don't get married to the, the idea that Isaiah McKenzie's making the team. As much as we all like him and a little dirty and he's funny and all this stuff, my man's could get moved. He can get bumped real quick. All right, so if Khalil Shakur comes in, he's, I mean, because Khalil can do everything Isaiah can do, right? Now, we've seen Isaiah McKenzie grow as a as a route runner. He, he spent a lot of time with Stefan Diggs, and he spent a lot of time with Cole Beasley, and Cole Beasley vouches for him. We've seen Isaiah McKenzie, when he's needed, come up in a big way. Now, he's wide receiver four on this team, 4A. I say, you know, I would say uh, Khalil Shakur is 3B. McKenzie's 4 He's just 4, 4A, okay? So you're going to see him. I think we're still going to see him do some of the little nuanced things behind the line of scrimmage, take the jet sweeps. You know, when you, you know, you kind of use them to uh, do some window dressing behind the line of scrimmage pre-snap. You're going to see a lot of the same stuff. I don't think his role is going to be elevated. Like if the Bills didn't get Jamison Crowder and they just drafted Khalil Shakur, didn't get Jamison Crowder, I would say, okay, then I see what how they're going to use Isaiah McKenzie. He kind of graduated in his role. So we kind of answered our own question there. Right. So I think he's going to have the same role that he once had last year. So what's a statistical output for Isaiah McKenzie that we can look at? Well, we got to look at last year. Okay. This man had 20 receptions on 26 targets, 178 yards. So it's not, and all that really came in one game, one touchdown. That, you know, I mean, his statistical output wasn't all that. Right. And it hasn't been that his entire career. Now, I know he had that one game and we we're all like, yo, sign this dude like we need him. But I also want to be I also want to come at this uh, with a level head and be like, OK, like as much as we like him, you know, he it's 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 if if Khalil Shakur shows out, Isaiah McKenzie can get cut. This is it's just the way the nature of the beast NFL. What does that mean, y'all? Not for long so uh, isaiah mckenzie imac so he struggled in terms of his return duties my man struggled now there are times where he looked like hey yo this dude's taking it to the house boy but he did he have some bonehead plays man his ball security is not good and it wasn't good when he was with the broncos i you know i live in denver so i i went to training camp and watched him i watched him struggle there uh but he's gotten has he gotten better uh, from when he's playing receiver? He's gotten better at, at securing the ball. But when, it, in terms of, you know, kick returning, I, I just, I don't want to see him to return kicks. I don't want to see him return kicks. 
I'm I've I've seen all I needed to see Isaiah McKenzie return kicks. Okay. So we, I think so we kind of closed the book on him now. We we know what he's gonna bring to the table this season from <clears throat> what he brings in the locker room, his statistical output, what that's gonna be. My next guy we're gonna talk about now. We'll talk about Jake Kumaro now, and then we'll talk about uh Marquez Stevenson next. So we'll talk about Kumaro and Hodgins. Okay. I think Hodgins is gonna be a practice squad guy. I, I still think, you know, he the problem with Isaiah Hodges, man, he's got to get better off of press man coverage. Like when you put your hands on him, he struggles. He, he, he struggles getting to his routes, his release package. He, it needs to improve. So hopefully let's see what he's, let's see how he develops. But this is a guy at, at Oregon State, man, he had one of the best hands in class. Like the dude, can, you put the ball anywhere in his vicinity, that man's, he's coming down with, he's that when he's in his route, but getting to your route again, the Bills love route runners. And if you can't run routes, if you if you can't beat press man coverage, you're going to have a hard time finding the field. And that's one of the reasons why he has not hit the field just yet. He's got to improve there. Jake Kumro is going to be your – the Bills love Jake Kumro. He, he, you talk about football DNA and character, this guy has it. Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean love this dude. Love this dude, man. But he ain't gonna have a role. Touchdown Jesus ain't catching touchdowns this year, bro. He, he listen, I I love the guy, man. And, and no, he's not getting traded to the Packers. All right. But he, I don't expect my man's to have a role here. But his role is special teams. He, he he's a hell of a special teams player. I think he's a guy that, you know, if you have a a string of injuries, he's a guy that can come in and play. And I think he could be, he could get you, he could, he could play some spot duty wide receiver four. All right, that, that's what he can do. Now, he's not one of those guys that, that could do what Isaiah McKenzie does, but I think he's a guy that that can come in and catch some balls if need be, right, in, in a pinch. So that's that's not bad. For, for wide receiver number five or six or whatever, that's not bad. Kumaro can do that thing. All right, now, Marquez Stevenson, uh, as we you know kind of get closer to the end of the show, all right, I love Marquez Stevenson coming out of Houston. I love what I saw of him uh, in preseason. And and I wanted the Bills. You know, he got hurt, right? And, and the Bills kind of shelved him for a while. Uh, but I wanted to see more of him as a returner. I would I would have liked to see more of him as a receiver, but, man, he, he just he ain't there yet. He needs time to develop as a route runner. Now, I think his short area route running, I think, okay, that's that's not bad. Like, you can see some some glimmer of hope there. But, man, he's got so many areas to work on and improve on as a route runner, Get, getting consistent separation. He's not there yet. So what if we if we had to have a – because I think he's wide receiver five. My man Daryl says uh, his confidence didn't pick up after the injury. Man, you're absolutely right. And when you saw him, you know, you, when you saw him return kicks, you're like, okay, like, you know, a bounce here or there, you know, and, uh, the man's taken to the house, like we saw in the preseason. I, I, he has that ability, you know, but it, it's his decision making. He he's got to improve, man. And last year he just wasn't ready. So you hope that my man's can be ready for this coming season. You hope that he takes a. What if he takes a big leap? 
What if he takes that big leap? He's a breakout player on offense. It's not like it's not like you know this is one of those things that we have not seen in the NFL before. Now, I'm not saying Marquez Eves is going to do that, but I wouldn't say it's to- completely out of the question. What if he becomes that guy that could take a top off defense? That would be excellent. And, and you know, Mr. Burns, y'all know in The Simpsons, excellent. That's that's what that would be. The likelihood of that, I think, is slim. But let's see how he develops, right? Let's see it. So it's a statistical output for him. Ah, I mean, he didn't catch anything last year. So let's just say he uh, maybe, I think he'll have maybe six to 10 targets, three catches, mop-up duty kind of stuff, barring, you know, the receivers stay healthy. That's what I expect of him. Uh, this coming season, right? So, but hey, I could be wrong and we'll see. So, as a whole, you know, we kind of wrapped up this wide receiver room, right? I think the Bills, I don't think they're going to pass as much. I think you could see that that the numbers kind of dip, you know, 20 to 30 uh, passing attempts or completions or however you want to look at it uh, for the Bills this season for Josh Allen. As a whole, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna run the ball a little bit more. But again, we're talking. If we're talking thirty, you know, thirty attempts, that's not. That's maybe a couple times a game. That's a, two times a game, right? So, but I think I think we're gonna see a little bit more of that. I think I think we're gonna see this team try to attack teams. They want to get better in the short passing game. That's why you go get James Cook. That's why you get Jameson Crowder. Um, that's why you go draft a Khalil Shakur. Okay. So we kind of put the bow on this wide receiver room. You know, uh, I think I'm going to talk about the defensive line next week. So we're going to talk about how, what, what uh, Von Miller's impact is going to be. I'm going to tell you who my breakout player on defensive line is going to be moving forward. So there's going to be a lot more to come in terms of uh of of evaluating the room here on the tensional grounding podcast um that's gonna wrap it up for tonight make sure that you like follow subscribe to intentional grounding podcast here on the buffalo rumblings network like follow subscribe to buffalo rumblings i appreciate you guys man hey keep the love flowing uh i'm your boy sterling furrow you can find me on twitter at furrow sterling And I'm out of here. Go Bills. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.